order that he may be forgotten and reveal our Savior, that his voice may be heard, his will obeyed, and his name honored to the glory of God the Father. Amen. It was about 23 years ago, in the middle of the week, that I drove from where I was serving in a church. I think it was in Chicago at that time, or possibly in Indianapolis, driving up in the middle of the week to Munster Community Hospital in Munster, Indiana. My father was having a hip transplant. Did I say that right? A hip replacement. Here we go. Any, anyone want to donate their hip? My dad and my mother are with the Lord now. But it was a, a very um, fragile time because of my dad's uh, history of heart issues. And so the hip rebuilding <laughs> surgery took uh, a number of hours. And in the middle of the surgery, the attending nurse came to talk to my mother and to me about everything that was happening in the surgery, how it was proceeding, how fragile it was. He did, by the way, come through the surgery successfully. At the end of her conversation, she said, I need to get back into the surgery room, and had a big smile. She said, let's just hope the best. And my mother responded and said this, it's not this. It's this. How about you this week? Will it be this? Or will it be this? All the boys and girls, raise your hand. Boys and girls, raise your hand. Okay, can you do this? This means good luck. Sometimes people do that. You know, I can't walk around. I'll get feedback and wake everyone up. <laughs> Instead of doing this, good luck, we put our hands together, which symbolizes prayer. So boys and girls, do this. Now do this. Which will it be for all of us here? This or this? Verse 15 of our scripture says, if the Lord wills, those are good words for us. If the Lord is willing, then we proceed in the plans that we are making. There's a man named Ron who was a radio producer. He was based out of Chicago and he was flying into O'Hare Airport and with him in the large uh, airplane was his wife and three children who were uh, young, um, maybe college age. His daughter was, uh, I think, a senior in college in a Chicago university. They were coming in, and as they landed, the pilot came on. Attention, attention, everyone. We've been told that all the 
Expressways, all the roads into O'Hare Airport are closed because there's been nine inches of rain. Nine inches of rain. You know, Juan said what happened immediately, everyone got out their cell phones. Everyone in the whole plane, they're trying to reconnect with whether it's Uber or taxis or, taxis or their office. Everybody trying to make other arrangements. You know, we just don't know what lies ahead. It could be nine inches of rain, God forbid. Think of the uh, flooding that's occurring on the East Coast, how serious that is. We just don't know, will it be this? Or will it be this? Ron realized that he had a whole production schedule. He had a radio show to give that afternoon. What, you know what, it wasn't gonna happen. He wasn't even sure he'd get to the office. Everyone else on the plane was wondering about their life that day. Everything is disrupted. But then Ron thought, I have a two-word tranquilizer. Now, I'm not going to ask how many of you are on tranquilizers. <laughs> but thank you, God, for the gift of medicine and the gift of, of uh, good drugs to help. Here's a two-word tranquilizer. Everybody ready to hear it? Lord willing. Lord willing. If the Lord wills, we can move forward. By the way, should you have a friend for whom you desire to witness and be the light of Christ, you could say, Lord willing, and you will have an immediate friendship. Because in the Muslim faith, they are instructed to constantly use the expression, inshallah, which is Arabic for the Lord willing. And if you say, yes, the Lord willing, you have gained a friend. You've gained an opportunity to be a friend and serve God in that way. Which will it be? This or this? Now, James writes, you ought to say if it is the Lord's will. And he could have quoted uh, the Apostle Paul several times in the book of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul uses that very term. He says, uh, I hope to come visit you soon if the Lord wills. In another place, in chapter 16, the Apostle Paul says to the church in Corinth, I hope to come and see you soon if the Lord permits. You see, that's good language. It's good for us to think about that. I had a grandmother who um, would write us letters and she'd always put uh, her plans in the letter and then she'd write the letter D and the letter V. Now, I didn't know what that meant, DV. Does that refer to Denver and the Vikings? I wasn't sure. DV is Latin abbreviations for Deo Valente. I didn't have Latin, so I'm excused from mispronunciations. Any of you have Latin in school? Maybe you recall Deo Valente. If the Lord wills, right? If the Lord wills, it is choosing this 
instead of this. Now James writes that there are some precarious situations about human life and he brings three of them out in the text. The first one is that uh, we all tend to be presumptuous about life. We make plans. We, um, like the businessman in the book of James, he says, well, I'm going to go to this city or that, and I'll make money, and then I'll go to that city next, and I'll make money. But you don't know what lies ahead, do you? Do I know? Of course not. Life is such that we can be presumptuous and think we know how to plan our schedule, but we do not know. Not only are there limitations in life, but when our choices are not fulfilled, it's possible ultimately to go to despair and discouragement. I think of an old lady who was Scottish. Now this has nothing to do with Scottish or Scotland. How many of you are the Scottish heritage? Any of you? Okay, I gotta be very careful whatever I say here. <laughs> God bless the Scots. But here is a lady who was, uh, lived alone. She had the ability to sew, to make aprons, to make lovely uh, tablecloths and scarves. And uh, also she could bake a cake or bake bread. She had the ability, and this is what she lived on. She would go walking down a road. She did not have her own vehicle. <clears throat> she would walk to a local village and go to door to door and sell her wares, sell what she had there in her basket. But she walked with a cane, and what she would do is she'd walk down a sidewalk or walk down a road. She'd come to a fork in the road, not knowing which way to go. She would uh, pick up her walking stick and throw it in the air. And then wherever it landed, whichever way it pointed, that's the direction she would go. Well, one day, someone from the community noticed this older lady standing there, picking up the stick and throwing it in the air and then picking it up and throwing it again and doing it again four or five times. She said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she said, well, I want to go left, but my walking stick always has me going right. So I, I've learned if I just keep throwing it up into the air, eventually it will point left and then I go the way I want. You see, that's what I call presumption. We don't know, DV, the Lord willing. We do not know what lies ahead in life. But not only that, in addition to the foolishness of life and our presumptions, there is a sense of brokenness. James writes about those who are proud. He discusses sins of, of omission, but I would like to characterize it to the fact that all human beings are broken people. I'm a broken person. Everyone here in this room is a broken person. How we cannot do it on our own. We don't know what lies 
I had tomorrow or this week. We can do this or we can do this. We can fold our hands in prayer. By the way, it is so curious to me, in um, Israel, archaeologists have found the remains of James, the man that wrote this book. He is considered a younger brother or half-brother of Jesus, our Lord. They have found his remains and the remains of other family members. And by the way, they've done DNA analysis of his remains and there's strong similarities to the blood on the Shroud of Turin and some other artifacts. So that speaks, these remains of James, speaks about the brevity of life and how good it is for us to do this instead of this. Which will it be for you or for me? We should choose to be faithful to God as much as the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and God gives us energy and the Son of God, our Savior, leads us. We should move forward and do the best for God's grace and God's pleasure. There's two final stories. One concerns John Wesley, the great uh, preacher who lived in the um, 18th century in England. He did come along with his brother Charles to Georgia, which was a colony. We've all heard of the state of Georgia, but it was only a colony at that time. But John became a preacher that would preach open air. Someone came to him and said, John, what would you do today if this was your last day on earth? What would you do today? And he said, well, ma'am, uh, just as I intend to spend it today and every day. I'd get up at five in the morning, I'd get my clothes on, I'd go down to by the factory where all the factory workers are coming from their homes in town and they'd uh, go to work and be there on time. I'd be out there outside the door of the factory preaching. And we know this is the fact, this is exactly what John Wesley would do. Sometimes he'd preach to six people Sometimes he'd preach to dozens. Sometimes there'd be hundreds or even one or 2,000 people outside the door of the factory and John Wesley is standing there preaching. The churches didn't want him in their church building, so he would bring the gospel outside and preach open air. Afterwards, after they all went to work, they had to be there on time, then he would get on his horse. He would travel by horseback to another town, just in time for a Bible study with a group of women. And he would pray with them, open up the word of God with them. Afterwards, he would uh, go by horseback to another town called Tewksbury. And there he would meet his friend Martin for supper. They would talk. 
And then around a dinner table, they would pray to the Lord and study the Bible. Then John Wesley said, I would retire myself to the bedroom at 10 o'clock at night. I'd get in bed. After my evening prayers, I'd commend myself to my heavenly Father. I'd go to sleep, and I'd wake up the next day in glory. He prayed. He lived as if every day was his last day. For John Wesley, it wasn't this. It was this. There's one other great saint. We call him St. Francis of Assisi. One day he was at his monastery working in the garden. He had his own garden. I don't know what he raised, if it was peas or beans or lettuce. He was there with a hoe. He was weeding and hoeing and said, someone came to him and said, Francis, what if today was the last day for you on earth? What would you do today? And Francis scratched his head, said, well, you know, I think I'd finish hoeing my garden. For him, it was being consistent, doing what God wanted him to do, following the Lord. Which will be this or this? Heavenly Father, we pray for the comfort of your Holy Spirit in our hearts. We pray for the wisdom of our Savior in our minds and souls. We are thankful for the assurance of salvation, forgiveness, heavenly reunion, and resurrection through Jesus. In his name, amen.